So nothing specific with Trevor David Houchin. It's cold. Suddenly in Atlanta, it's cold. Three days ago, it was like 85 degrees. Me and my wife had the the air conditioning on from morning till night, 24 hours a day. Three days later, it's it's 40 degrees. That's Atlanta weather. But I like it. I like it. I like the crazy diversity in, in, in the weather. Who wants the same weather 24 hours a day, 365 days a year? Who wants that? 24 hours a day, that's fine. You know, you don't want your, you, you don't want your weather changing drastically over 24. That's, that's another conversation, the weather. So wh- what we're going to do is we're going to talk to my friend Japan Pimp. I got him on the line. We're going to do an exclusive interview with Japan Pimp. He's um he's in 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 he's on the West Coast. He's on the West Coast. He's in he's in the city of the the state of Washington. I can tell you that much. I'm not allowed to you know divulge the exact vicinity of my exclusive um you know what do I want to call him partners in crime. What do I want to what do I want to call you Japan Pimp? It's just Japan Pimp. Yeah. Partner in crime. Once upon a time, partner in crime. What time is it out there, man? Where you where you are? <clears throat> oh, about nine o'clock. You know, we don't want to time this, right? We don't want to say the specific time, um, because we want this to be timeless, right? We don't want it to like exist only in this particular moment. Although this particular moment is ostensibly all we have. Is that not so, Japan Pimp? Uh, that's right, in the moment. So, you know, we, we talked a little bit, early, you know, in my when we talked earlier, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, about both of our um, experiences in Japan. Um, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. Most of it, most of mine was good, you know? What about you? Uh, very complicated, but, at, you know, when I reflect on it, I would say that it was probably the largest of my life. If so it, I say that's good. Yeah, that's, that, that, that qualifies as good, right? Yeah, I think so. Why do you describe it as such? it was just a very transformative time you know I was coming out of a I was exiting a a religious cult basically I'd been in since childhood what 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 cult was uh, that again was, remind me uh, Jehovah's Witnesses right right that's just crazy that you say that it's a cult man I have a best friend from high school who has been a Jehovah's Witness since high school, since our high school days, still is, um, is a Jehovah's Witness, lives here in Atlanta. I think he's like, a, you know, a minister or he's he's high up there. I don't know if they have ministers, but he's he's a high ranking Jehovah's Witness. And it just it's so crazy to to hear you refer to that group of people as a cult. Yeah, that's, this is a whole nother series of podcasts, YouTube channels, because there are people all over the net who have um, um, tens, tens of series just on Jehovah's Witnesses alone. There are a lot of people who have um, grown up in it, entered it, exited it, and by definition, I do call it a cult simply because after I exited People were referring to it as a cult. I looked up the definition of cult, and it it fit the definition. So, are you? I mean, do you have any crazy, weird secrets that you can share with me about the Jehovah's Witness, or will they come and get you, man? No, they're not going to come and get me. But they, um, there's no really. Well, you know, it is. It, it, it was uh, uh, basically constructed by a lawyer and a psychologist. And when you, when you get those two people together, they're going to come up with something. Well, what, what, do you, what do you mean? 
constructed like what are you talking about it's a religion right and 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 two people well, constructed it what are you talking about it was well so the uh the jehovah's witness organization or group originally just started as a group of uh, people who were interested in studying the bible right back in the day like we're talking the 1800s uh, the late 1800s and then that and then it grew and then more people joined it turned a little political with you know internally political you had some people that wanted to be leaders and then and some people that wanted to take it a different direction and then you had basically uh, Charles Taze Russell and uh, uh, Rutherford and um, they were the you know the two big names that kind of branded the first you know branded the Jehovah's Witness organization back in the day with that name and um, Rutherford came in and took it in a really different direction um, what and, uh, <clears throat> what direction was that? Like, what do you mean direction? How many directions can there be when, you know, when when it's about religion and God? Like, is there a bunch of different direction? What direction did he go? Uh, he went to the to the cult direction. He started he started making all of these organizational rules and based on their interpretation of the Bible and you know any, you get a group of people together around something and that group starts growing eventually you're going to have all of these splinters it's kind of like kind of like the far right right you have some you know everyone who's far right doesn't have the same ideology there's all these splinter groups and even within militias right you have like this militia and they, they don't believe what the other militia believes but kind of and Everyone starts, you know, fracturing, fracturing. Um, but anyway, that's how the Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, that, that's kind of what happened to them. Uh, they started fracturing, and Rutherford took this one group, and, and I guess the craziest stuff, uh, it, 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 is, it is an organization that is designed to keep people in, and um, that is done with extreme social pressure. Um, you, as, if you're born a Jehovah's Witness, you grow up thinking it's normal, and they tell you you're not supposed to associate with people outside of the organization. Anyone outside the organization is bad association, mm-hmm. and they will they will um, influence you in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then by doing that, it create it makes your whole world this this small network of people. Mm-hmm. And if you decide to leave the organization. Then, then they disfellowship you or disassociate you. And then your family, your friends, everyone just cuts you off. You're excommunicated. You can't even go to your family's home for dinner. You can't even be inside their house. And and then what happens is and you can't even talk to your kids. If you're married and you want to leave and you have kids, you, you can't talk to your kids, your wife, anything. So that creates this tremendous pressure for the, for the person to come back to the organization just so they can reconnect with people in their life because the only people in their life are people inside the group so it's constructed to keep people in it's like a road hotel what's bro what's the initial attraction what 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 what, what's the thing that what's the initial attraction what's the thing that allows me to give up my 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 i don't know you know perhaps um hallucinatory freedom to join a crazy cult, you know, that exhibits the kind of social pressure that you just talks about. What what makes a, a regular person who's not born into it want to be down? <laughs> Why do I want to be right. down? What no, makes no. me want to be down with Jehovah's Witness, bro? Listen, man, this actually has a connection to Japan, part of my answer. Um, but, but first, normal people don't join, don't become Jehovah's Witnesses. What they do is they prey upon people who are going through emotional turmoil. People who have had a loved one die recently. People who who have you know lost their job or under, under a lot of pressure, and they appeal to these people by saying, "Look, you know, at the highest level, your life really sucks, and you're going through a lot of pain. We understand um, this pain can go away. God can take it away." 
there's hope, there's this new system, this paradise that's going to come after Armageddon. Um, if you if you become if you believe in the Bible and, and want to become a Jehovah's Witness, basically, then um, you will be saved uh, during Armageddon, and you'll inherit this paradise state, and your loved ones will come back to life. Uh, the land will be flowing with milk and honey. You're going to have all the food you can eat. You're going to have your own land, your own house. Uh, everything's going to be just perfect, and you're going to live forever on Paradise Earth. So if you tell some whack job that, or you tell someone who's just extremely emotionally broke down, the only thing they really want is hope. Right. And, and, and they're willing to cling on to anything. So you'd That's why they join. So you'd say... Um, Jehovah's Witnesses, the number one thing that they sell, you know, quote unquote sell, um, is hope. That that's that's what they're giving people. They're giving people hope in the face of exactly. what apocalypse, death, disease. You know, are, are they hoping to be revived if they die? Are they hoping? Yeah, that's right. To be they're, they're hoping to be resurrected if they die. So any Jehovah's Witness that dies today in good standing, um, they will be resurrected in paradise. And, and so they're selling hope, but they're also selling status because they also appeal to people who are downtrodden by society, who are, who are rejects, who are outcasts, and become part of this organization. And all of a sudden, you're special. You get to wear a suit three days a week. You're important. You're better than other people. And, and that's the world out there. That, that those are not Jehovah's Witnesses. That's, those are the dregs of society. As a Jehovah's Witness, you have a privilege standing before God. And, and you are special in his eyes. Um, and, and, and so it attracts those sorts of people, too, that, that want to be something special. So for those of us who are not Jehovah's Witnesses, bro, um, we apparently are not going to be resurrected in the paradise. Is is that true? Like, um, we're just... Well, they, they, they don't say for definite. What they say is, you know what, according to the Bible, in, you know, uh, God's, really, God's really only saving people that are on his team. But we can't say some 13-year-old kid that hurts sheep in Mongolia who's never heard of the Bible before in his whole life. We can't say that he's going to be killed at Armageddon or he might be and he'll be resurrected shortly after we just don't know how God's going to treat that situation mm. so that's why it's imperative for us to teach everyone the Bible around the world so that we know so that no one everyone has a chance to have their lives spared okay okay um, what country has the most Jehovah's Witnesses is it America America started in America and really it's a real estate hustle uh, that's basically all it is it's a real estate hustle to fund their cult and um, they they control people with by basically jamming their propaganda down people's throats literally four or five days a week you got to read you got to go bang on doors until other people recruit people it's just like this non-ending cycle of just Anyway, yeah, it started in America, and it's global now. It's a real estate hustle. And when you grow up in it, you think it's normal? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. So before I went to Japan, I wanted to get out. I always wanted to get out since I was a teenager, and I was kind of on the fence. I was like, you know what? Let me give it another shot. Maybe there is something here. And you know what? Maybe I'm just confused. But then, you know, I got married, and uh, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Um, after a couple of years of marriage, I was like, look, I, I gotta get out. Um, because my wife at the time, my first wife was Japanese, and she wanted to be a missionary, go to Africa, and teach them about Jehovah's Witnesses and catch malaria. And I wasn't down with that. I was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm out. Uh, so I went to Japan to divorce her and exit Jehovah's Witnesses. And I was still kind of conflicted. In the first few months I was in Japan, I was talking to this, this lady from Australia. And um, she, she was a really good friend. I, I talked to her sometimes. She said, good, sensible thinking. And I said, I said, you know, I don't know. If I, if I leave Jehovah's Witnesses, like, no one's going to talk to me. My family won't talk to me. My friends won't talk to me. They're all going to cut me off. And, and, and I don't have a network outside of that. And she said, Justin, um, 
if you're going to leave a religion and no one and your friends and family are going to talk to you, then they're probably not your friends to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend shouldn't a friend shouldn't care if you decide to join or stop some religion. I mean, if they want to believe it, cool, but why should they cut you off because you don't want to believe what they don't want to believe? Right. And, and to me, that was like so profound. I was like, and so that's the point I decided. Okay, I'm going to start building my network outside of Joe's witnesses. I'm going to build my social network outside of that group, and uh, I'm just going to get it done. So, I mean, h- how old were you when that happened? When when you got that revelation that, you know, somebody told you if they're not, if if they're your friend, then they wouldn't leave you. They wouldn't, you know, hold your friendship based on your religion. How old were you when that happened? Uh, I was I was actually in my teens. I, I was 12 years old. I remember the conversation with my mom. So I believed it in my teens, but they kept pounding my head with this stuff, and I kept going back and forth. And then and then when I was in Japan and like in my mid 30s, I had this conversation with this person, and that was like the final. Um, um, teeter-totter, you know, of my mind. I was just like, you know what? I've gone back and forth on this for a long time. I'm getting older. My critical thinking is getting sharper. This person's right. You, you know, let's do it. Right. Very interesting, man. Very interesting. And then you tore away from that. Yeah, it's very hard. And at the same time, I was... This is an interesting part. At the same time, I was tearing away from it. Another person I, I grew up with was tearing away from it. His name is Tony Duchesne, and he does a lot of radio and stuff in Hollywood and wrote a couple of books. And one of his books was about getting out of Jehovah's Witnesses. It was called, it's called uh, Confessions of a Jesus Jerk. And this guy had to go to years of counseling to get over just the whole JW, how they messed with his head. And he's still, like, really bitter about it, and he's just like, yeah, it's uh, it really messes with people, and oftentimes people have to go to counseling just to normalize their heads afterwards. It just is crazy. Like you know, it sounds nuts. Like you got my friend, um, my friend Mark. I can say his name. My friend Mark and his wife. They're both devout Jehovah's Witnesses. They're the nicest people. I th- I think, you know, um, Mark was real cool in high school. We played basketball together and stuff. Um, I know his wife. And they live right around here in Georgia, someplace, a little bit up north, I think. I want to say Conyers. I don't know. Um, but, you know, they, he, he, they go to the Kingdom Hall. He's been talking about it. He's been talking to me about it since we were in high school, you know, 5,000 years ago. And I never became a Jehovah's Witness. I always found it interesting. And, you know, I always was perfectly willing to engage conversations with him about Armageddon and, you know, the apocalypse. All that stuff is really interesting to me. You know, the resurrection of Christ, um, the resurrection or the, I don't know if resurrection is the right word, but the, you know, the the onset of some kind of earthly paradise where you get to live Uh forever, you know, but the questions, you know, questions like, Who's going to pay your bills? Are you going to work? What do, you know? Is there are going to be are there going to be stores in this paradise? Like, how's it all going to work? Questions like that. I don't know. Is do do they do they have an answer? Like, will there be jobs in the Jehovah's Witness, para, you know, uh, eternal paradise? Yeah, there's going to be jobs, but like money's not going to be a thing. It's just going to be like, look, let's go help a brother and sister. That's what they call fellow members. They refer to them as brothers or sisters. Let's go help brother and sister so-and-so plant their potatoes. Okay, yeah, it's all good. You know, if you just think about what you just said, living forever on Earth, uh, at some point the population is coming to reach a point where the Earth can't sustain it. So what do we do then? Do we go and give everyone a vasectomy or... Do we start killing babies or like, you know, it's just, it's just fantasy, man. Yeah. How does the, how does the, um, 
<laughs> this isn't funny. Like, how does the fantasy end? I, d- I don't know. <laughs> but 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 there is no, there is no end, right? It's because it's eternity, right? <laughs> it's, it's it's eternal. It it goes it goes on. Maybe it's just Groundhog Day, where they just wake up and it's the same day over and over. Population, you know, five million, and it never changes. Who knows? Bro, that's exactly what it sounds like. That that's what I'm saying. You know that that's the Jehovah's Witness heaven sounds like Bill Murray's Groundhog Day movie. Yeah, that, you know, etern- eternally, and brother, that doesn't seem heavenly to me. No, 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 I had, I, in fact, I was blown away at school, I was probably 10 years old, I was at school, and this is, this is where my mind started changing, there's this kid named Reggie, black dude, and you know black people usually make the most sense, right? So I'm talking to this black dude, uh, uh, to the listeners, it, look, Trevor's black, I'm black, we, we just joke around but um so i'm talking to this dude reggie and, and, I'm, and i'm trying to sell him the jehovah's witness thing because i gotta save reggie right so i look man like like you, you know and i appeal to him the way all kids want to appeal to other kids like who doesn't want to live forever hey reggie you can live forever man on paradise earth man it's just gonna be like play with lions and tigers and poisonous snakes aren't gonna hurt anybody we're just gonna be all and reggie looked at me like i was crazy and he said i don't want to live forever on earth I was just like, uh, I didn't know how to process that, but it, it took a while, and I was just like, maybe he has a point. I mean, if you think about it, living forever on Earth sounds really messed up. How do you do things? Like, how do you do things? Like, is there ever a point that you stop buying clothes knowing you're just going to live forever? You know, do you, what, what, what do you, do you, is there ever a moment that you... I don't know, like it, it, you know, living forever and ever and ever here on earth, like what's forever, what's forever, like what's forever, what, you know, no one knows that, but for the Jehovah's Witnesses, that's what they intend to do, they intend to live as long as forever is, despite the fact that nobody knows how long it is, and they're going to help each other plant potatoes. Yeah, it's, a, you know, hey, listen, you get you get a group of people, and you get that right message, and people start believing stuff. It's, it, it's, it's like the a Lord of the Flies. You know, you get a group of people, and you start feeding them stuff, like so-and-so's a monster, so-and-so's a bad thing, we gotta, we gotta kill them, we gotta whatever, and they'll just go along with it, and they'll start believing it. You know, it's amazing what groups of people will believe when you start, you know, uh, when they when the group starts growing, and, and that message can get really crazy, man, and they'll still go along with it. Hey, do the Jehovah's Witness people believe in aliens, man? Uh, they believe in aliens in the sense that they are either angels or demons. So... So the Jehovah's Witnesses think aliens are either angels or demons. I mean, pretty much. Um, there hasn't—I don't remember much talk about aliens at all. But when they did, it was kind of like, yes, there are other spirit creatures, like spirit creatures out there. Demons can take the form and shapes of things, and. You know, angels have appeared before people before. It's, you know, yes, these are celestial celestial bodies. Da 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 da. da you know, dude, it's just this rabbit hole of shit that I just, yeah. You guys, Crazy, they they I, I, they drink wine though, right? They allow for wine drinking yeah, because yeah. because they I know alcohol, that. You go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say they, uh, there are some people that are kind of like them, like the Mormons. And they can't drink coffee, or like you know the Amish. You know they can't use electric stuff or whatever. But JWs, man, they you know they they party, they they drink, they eat good, all that stuff. And um, 
and uh, you know they all work their menial jobs because higher education is a distraction from the Lord's work. And, um, and is that is that one of their t- is that one of their tenets? Yeah, they they, they highly discourage um, education, uh, higher education. So they highly encourage you know finishing your high school degree and maybe going to a vocational school. So you can be a, a carpenter or a plumber or a janitor, and that's about as high as the aspirations go. Interesting. If, if, you, go, if you go to higher education, it, it, it's going to corrupt your mind. They're, they're worried that it's going to corrupt your mind, and then you're going to, you know, go astray, start start chasing after worldly things or career stuff like that. But what they're really afraid of is that if you go to higher education, you're going to develop critical thinking. And then you're going to start questioning what they do and why they do it. So they want to keep people stupid. So, so the J Dubs, you'd say, are made up of mostly people with not so much education. Um, vast majority, bro. I, I was born and raised in it, and got out when I was thirty-five-ish. Um, I would say um, just empirical. Uh, uh, knowledge that ninety percent of them um, are 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 not college graduates. Eighty ninety percent. Um, do you know anything about the Scientologists? A very little. Interesting. That's interesting. It's interesting to me because that's another cult, right? That's that's a I guess I guess the Scientologists are um, based in Los Angeles. It's a Los Angeles based cult started by uh the guy escapes escapes my 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 memory banks right in this moment the 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 founder the writer the science fiction writer guy um but it it's oh yeah i know you uh um i mean i guess i guess i could google it i guess i could look at it L. Ron Hubbard, I can't hear you though. You're you're in and out. Yeah, sorry about that. My my phone might be breaking. Yeah, L. Ron Hubbard did all those books that Scientology was based on. That's him. Yeah. So anyway, it's interesting to me that you were in a cult, but and I guess it shouldn't be interesting. It's it's actually perfectly rational that being in a cult you would know little to nothing about another cult because the very reason for you to be in your cult is to be saturated by your cult so if you are out there you know dillying and dallying in other cults then your home cult (laughs) wouldn't be doing a good job of keeping you as a cult member right am i right no, no. If you are a J-Dub and you are like, hey, man, I'm doing research on Scientology or this other cult over here, man, they would get on you so fast. Like, so you yeah, couldn't you cool. couldn't be a J-W <laughs> on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, but on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you're messing with the Hare Krishnas. That, they, they wouldn't be cool with that? Like, if you came, if you showed up on a Wednesday... If you showed up on a Wednesday to the J-Dubs and they were like, hey, Justin, man, what's up? How you doing? Where 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 you been? What what you been doing? And you're like, oh, you know, yesterday I was hanging out with the uh, Hari Krishnas. You know, they wouldn't be cool with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm Scientology on Tuesdays and Thursdays, brother. And then like, and then if you showed up on a Monday, yeah, I went to a Catholic church yesterday. I confessed. You know, I I ate the body of Christ. You know. Man, they would explode. Well, I, I mean, what about you? Did you uh, have you ever dabbled in religion, or are you religious, or what? I, you know, I tell people, or you know, the religion that I have in me, like the um, what would you call it? Uh, you know, organized religion that I have in me. I was born, I guess, you know, Christian, Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran. These are the three churches that I can remember, you know, my mom essentially um, taking me to as a kid, you know, when I'm Jamaican and I, in Brooklyn, my mom took us to a Methodist church, a Methodist A-M-E. And this is one of these churches where they get up and dance and sing. And, you know, there's a lot of singing and what have you. So I went to that kind of church. 
Um, I also went to Baptist church church for a while. That was the that was my mom's last church, I believe, was Baptist. I might be wrong. And in the middle there, I also went to like a Lutheran church, which was very quiet and very um, conservative, but really nice. So those are the three strains, I guess, of religion that I have in me. Some weird combination of Methodist, Baptist, and Lutheran, all of which are, I guess, denominations of Christianity in one way or another. Very similar to each other, in my opinion. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't proclaim myself as a Christian. I don't, I don't think of myself as a as a practicing Christian, in terms of. Um, the fact, the, the very fact that, well, I don't know, the very fact that I'm constantly sinning, not necessarily against the Ten Commandments, but, you know, the, the fact that I feel like I fall short of the Christian, Christian ideal, so therefore I don't profess myself as a Christian, but I was definitely raised around Christian values, um, found in, like I said, you know, Baptist churches, Lutheran churches, Methodist churches. A couple of my friends in New York were Catholics, and I was very curious about the Catholic religion, what they did, how they did their things. They, you know, they went to, they they went to Catholic school altogether with, um, and wore uniforms. You know, we, we, we were going to, I was going to public school, and we wore whatever we had, whatever we wanted but the my catholic friends had to wear this uniform and you know I, I just knew that there was something different about their religion with saint mary you know their preoccupation with 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 mary um and and you know her role in the religion so i went to my friend's catholic mass on sundays a few times And um, it was very different than what I was experiencing in the Baptist, Lutheran, and uh, Methodist churches. You know, it it, it was like a movie to me, the the Catholic church experience. It was like a horror movie. I'm going to be honest about that. Um, But well, I mean, I mean, what made it? What made it like that? Oh my God, bro! It's every everything about it first of all the catholic church itself with the, with the with the uh ornamentation the symbolism the oh i see what you're saying yeah 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 the ornamentation the symbolism the uh the 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 stained glass windows the pictures of <laughs> the pictures of jesus Strung up, you know, uh, nailed to the cross with the friggin' blood dripping down his hands all over the place. You know, the pictures of Jesus, him him looking up into heaven, looking so forlorn. You know, um, the guys in the white robes, you know, all marching up the aisle, you know, in unison, holding some something fire some symbolic staff they're wearing these white robes bro there's fire lit on the stage um justin there's there's candles burning on the stage justin there's this incredible incredible bone shattering um organ music playing that is filling the the church the high church ceilings and almost making the stained glass rattle and you can see why jesus is weeping on the cross then then brother there's this three-dimensional element added in with this crazy horror organ music brother you may think you're in a church Um, to worship God but there's no difference between the music there's no the music that's playing could either be used to worship an all powerful good God or an all powerful bad God do you understand well let me tell you something the uh uh listen uh 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 good God bad God God devil Christianity, devil worshippers, it's all the same cloth, man, just different sides. Well, that's, you know, that 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 being said, 
you know, those Catholic churches. And then, and then men, you know, there's a ceremony, a ceremony, bro. There's a ceremony of eating the flesh, the body, eating, listen carefully to what I'm saying to you, eating the body of Christ. That is what you do in these Catholic churches. And maybe in some of these other uh, denominations, maybe they do that as well. Maybe they do it in all of it, in in all of them. I don't know. But I, I don't remember doing that in my Lutheran church. And I don't particularly remember doing that in the Methodist or Baptist church. Or maybe I was too young and I just didn't. But I do remember distinctly that this eating of the body of Christ and drinking of his blood, excuse me, let me repeat that, eating of the body of Christ and drinking of his blood while you are in this, you're in this building with this music that you cannot understand, it's Latin, this crazy music and these men in robes and flames all around you and in there there in the back of the church there's this confession box where you're supposed to go in there to confess your most private sins to some strange person sitting on the other side whom you cannot see you cannot it sounds like it, it sounds like you're describing like a scene from Hellraiser, but, but you, you know that whole that whole uh, the witnesses do that too. They get um, they they celebrate the memorial every year, which is the death of Christ. Like that's the only thing they celebrate. They don't celebrate Christmas. They don't celebrate New Year's. They don't celebrate birthdays. The whole they'll celebrate wedding anniversaries too. But that and the death of who celebrates the day someone died, first off. And second of all, you know, in the Bible it says, like, uh, you know, the Christ at the memorial. And he says, okay, guys, 12, 12, you know, apostles, take a bite of this bread. This means my body. Drink this wine. This means my blood. And they do that stuff literally today. Like what you're saying is it's like, what? It's just, if, if a normal person thinks about it, it's like, what in the F are we doing? And and my my good brother and my my good brother my good brother you just said if a normal person thinks about it you see <laughs> you see I have been thinking about it in this way since I was five I have been thinking about it like this since I was five the, 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 because I well, guess I had a normal person. I guess I had an opportunity to go to, to go to all these other churches. For me, it's obvious. It's obvious, painfully obviously, painfully, pain, painfully obvious, weirdly obvious, that these rituals are, at the least, celebrating the death of this person. Okay, that's that. That's the least. If if there wasn't a single sound, a, a single word read, a single sermon spoken, a simple biblical verse, if it, if it was silent and you just took the visual image of what's happening, everybody bowing down to this dead man on a cross, this dead man nailed to a cross. We're, we're all bowing ourselves down to this dead man that's nailed to a cross. We're singing songs, giving high praise in our Sunday best every Sunday to worship the fact that this man was crucified, but of course, resurrected, self, self-resurrected. However, the imagery is of his crucifixion only the, the the crosses that you wear around your neck I, I I don't wear a cross why because it is an instrument of murder how how did how did Christianity hoodwink the world to believe that all these images that are clearly dude the the the, the ritual 
that happens in these Catholic churches. You're, they tell you what it is. You're eating the body of Christ. You're drinking the blood of Christ. Why? What if I don't want to do that? And that's what I used to think as a seven or eight year old. But I had to see it for myself. I, I used to think, no, no, I don't think I want to do that. That's it. So you're, te you're telling me I'm eating the body of this dead man that we're all... Come on, man. That, that's part of, you know, that's part of my point. Like when I, when I, you know, around the same age, of course, five, six, I discovered hell, you know, and I discovered what their, what their idea of <laughs> hell is, which is, you know, this really, really hot place where you, where you burn, where you burn forever, you know, you're just, or maybe, you're just, or maybe the other hell is just living forever on paradise earth. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, dude. Exactly. So when when I first learned and discovered and heard about and was indoctrinated with the whole idea of hell, I sat back and I thought, now wait, a place where it's it's just hot all day, every day, and you're just burning forever and ever and ever because what? Because you stole a Snickers or something? You know, you're going to go down and there's this guy, Satan, down there with a fork and he's just... What is he the most hot guy? Does he just keep? I don't, you know. Right. No, he just likes poking people in the ass with a fork. Definitely what you mean. Hey, Ryan, baby. What'd you say? I said that punishment does not fit. And you can do as a human that deserves to have your flesh burned off for an eternity. Yeah, it just, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, to like that earlier, to any sane, sensible, rational, rationally thinking, you know, even vaguely well-adjusted human being, the idea of a place, the idea of a place that just burns forever and ever and ever and somehow you get sent there, how? How do you get sent there? Like, is there an elevator to hell? How do you go there? None of it makes any sense. The eating the body of Christ and drinking his blood, which is actually just some wine, you know, or, or, or burning eternally as a result of not confessing your sins. It, 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 it just, it, you know, it, you know, it sounds like a really, really bad movie. It just sounds like a really bad plot line for a bad schlocky horror movie you know I think uh, you know, in keeping in the spirit of eventually connecting this back to Japan this is actually a really good point when you're trying to understand Japan and their culture and why they're so different than America Japan is not a Christian based country and they, that they don't know what the Bible is they're just like they're all nature man just like do it raw go enjoy nature earth wind fire get naked celebrate the penis at the penis festival you know just like hey that's what humans are meant to do this is how we're meant to roll let's just do it there's none of this guilty feeling they have when they're going to go hook up with somebody so you can literally roll up to fuck to a lady in japan and just be like you know buy her some drinks at the bar or whatever, or you just meet her at the bar, and then literally two hours later, let's go to a hotel and do it. Okay. 
you know, just like, you know, whatever. You know, Iceland rolls that way, too. But then you, you do that to an American person, lady, and they're like, oh, my God, like, like what's my mom going to think? Like, I'm a good Christian girl. This is not... So all of these Christianity-based food uh, trucks that influence American society and other Western society, that isn't very prevalent at all in Japan. And so I think it helps make Japanese people uh, and society in general a little more reasonable, a little more sensible in a lot of things compared to Americans because we're not having this this fanatical religious stuff drive our political agenda or our health agenda or our relationship agenda. It's just, you know, they're just a little more sensible about things. You know, man, it's just, it's so true. It's so absolutely true. It took me a little while when I got to Japan, a couple of years, three, four, five, six years, I don't know. But it took me a while to notice exactly what you just said. You might have noticed it immediately, but it took me a while to realize that, hey, hey, these Japanese people are not hung up on God, Christianity. They don't fucking know who Jesus is. They, they've never they, they they've never heard of him. They don't know who he is, what 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 role he plays. You know, they have no idea of the relationship between Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of man, and Christmas. They don't know how the, they don't they don't know the Christmas story. They have no idea what the fucking Ten Commandments are. They have no idea, no, no clue whatsoever. The crucifixion of God, his resurrection of Christ, his resurrection, none of it. And I didn't know that. I, as an American, was under the impression that this stuff was pretty common knowledge. That this no, stuff was... You know, 90%. I mean, I don't know what percent of Japanese people are Christian. It's a very small percent. Go Google that stuff. I, I will guarantee it's a very small percent. But the main religions in Japan, Shinto and Buddhism, uh, they're all about nature, man. They're just going back to the earth. They're about respecting you know, nature and the earth. And just, just being in harmony with nature. That whole Zen stuff creates a lot of Japanese Hey, your signal, I want to tell you, hey, I don't know what's going on, your signal is fluctuating, it's, 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 it's like a wave in and out, so I don't know if you're able to do something in order to get your mouth closer to the receiver and just keep it there. Oh, someone's, uh, yeah, someone else is trying to call my phone, that's why, it's, someone else is trying to call my phone, that's why it's going in and out. Yeah, so if if there's any way we could um, mitigate that, that would be good. But yeah, um, I 100% agree. One of my favorite things, one of the reasons I enjoyed and loved my Japan experience was the lack of Christianity. That was one of my favorite... um, things was one of my favorite aspects of Japanese society was the distinct lack of Christianity across the board like you said probably like you said 1% 2% of Japanese people are Christians in that they claim Jesus Christ as their savior or they even know who he is the overwhelming majority of Japanese, like you said, are Shinto or uh, are, are Shinto or what's the other um, Buddhism? Uh, Shinto and Buddhist. Shinto and Buddhist. Okay, okay. Well, my wife is my wife is Buddhist. Um, she chants. There you go. So, but <laughs> yeah, um, that that lack of Christianity made exactly made Japan uh, very much more sensible, very much more humane very much more respectful like orders of magnitude more respectful of each other than americans are of either each other or others just you know the 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 respect level in japan for everything across the board nature other people you know financial transactions the streets the subways you know just respect is through the roof and that you know a christian 
would might find that to be strange because this Christian is is in my opinion, trying to emulate those same values that these Japanese people embody naturally with no Christianity. And they're doing a much, they're doing a much, much better job of it. You know, they're doing a much, much better job of the simplest human transactions, the simplest human interactions on up to the most, um, complex you know they're doing you know japanese people seem this is what i thought i felt that they had achieved so many of the goals that american culture is still trying to achieve for example you know an almost absence of crime right complete you know almost complete safety you know cleanliness that we could never compare to um you know in ter- think as far as i experienced and you know if if you don't agree man it's i have no opinion no, no problem with you saying like you know honesty the honesty of financial transactions the transparency of financial transactions in japan um no that's all right the the way the yen flows the way the japanese yen flows is very 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 is superior in almost every way to how the dollar flows we here in america are chasing our dollars chasing them down every last dollar whereas in japan it felt like to me that yen was chasing me down i it seemed like hey we have to pay you we have to pay you this. Exactly. We, we, we owe you five dollars. Come back here. We have to exactly. pay you five dollars. Over here, you're just kind of like, where's my five dollars? Oh man, bro. I don't know. That's exactly, bro. I don't know. I- exactly. And even employers, you know, employers in, in Japan, the negotiation about your salary is essentially you ask for what you want or what you think you should get and then they try to give it to you that, that that's that was the experience i had and not only that but you know that the, there it's very clear that you're not working for free you don't have to fight for your salary you don't have to argue for your salary you don't have to beg for your salary your salary your salary in japan is very much a part of whatever work you're doing but here in America, it seems like you've got to fight with your fists clenched and your teeth grit for every dollar you get. You get. You've got to negotiate your seven dollars an hour job up to your eight dollars an hour job and fight so hard for it. But in Japan, brother, I felt like that yen was chasing me down i there were so many opportunities and so many people like you said running after me saying hey we've got to give you money for this if we've got to give you money for this of course you need money for this here's three thousand yen here's five thousand yen here's you know ichiman yen of course you need this money and 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 i felt that to be that economic that sense of economic um freedom or economic opportunity in Japan for me was vastly superior than 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 what we experience here in in America and then also yeah it's just it's just very matter of fact transaction you know it's just like oh we're we're going out of course we're going to split the bill equally uh, uh, among the, the number of heads at the table right here, here's your part 22.2% or what you know yeah but even you know similar to money i felt the same with women i felt the i felt a similar sense of freedom and availability and lack of pretense when dealing with japanese women that's one of another aspect of japan that that was you know one of my favorite yeah it was it was i mean it was it was kind of like well, well oh okay um, we're gonna go out well yes of course um, um, of course, I'm going to show my appreciation for for you paying for the meal or whatever, or, or or just like, hey, we're having a good time. Yeah, of, of course, you, she probably wants to have sex with me, and then she will be, and, and then you'll do something and be like, hey, let's do this. Okay, sure, so just go along with it. And, you know, they they just do it because it's just it, they, they know it's expected, and there's no there's no hang up. The, the, the only 
only uh, kind of uh, uh, veering here off this uh, off the sex part a bit, but the only real hang-ups I noticed in Japan were around handicapped people. They have big hang-ups around people with with um, uh, uh, handicaps, and they also have hang-ups with people who have. Hey, your 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 signal is freaking out again. How, uh, how's that? That's much better if you can if you can just maintain that. And we've only got about five minutes okay. left. Okay, but they, they, they do have their hangups. They have hangups around people who have psychological issues who go to um, mental therapy. Uh, uh, you know, doctor, me, me, you know, mental therapy doctors. They have hangups around handicapped people. They have hangups around th- uh, around things they don't understand. Kind of like, oh, you're a foreigner. I don't know where you're from. I can't box you. I'm kind of uncomfortable to, uh, looking at you or kind of being near you until I until I get you in that box. Hey, where are you from? This is there. Oh, I'm from here. Oh, okay, I get it. Okay, totally cool. But yeah, they. Um, um, all of the other hang up, all of the other sorts of hang-ups that American people have in relationships and friendships and society in general, very different and way more um, uh, in number than, than you'll find in Japan. Do you, do you do you prefer Japanese women to I don't know white women, black women, Chinese women. Is that your preference, your number one preference? Is it Japanese women? It's both both sexually and for, you know, just, just spontaneously sexually versus or and or, you know, for a long-term relationship like marriage and children. Is, is that your preference? I I, look, everyone has a particular flavor of ice cream they like, right? And, and it's not a crime to have a taste for something. I like the way Asian women look. Period. Done. In the story. I don't care where you're from in Asia. If you have that particular look I'm into, I'm going to be into it. It just so happens that particular look is more prevalent in Korea and China and Japan. Um, sometimes I see it in Thai, in Thailand. Sometimes I see it, see it in Singapore. Sometimes I see it in other Asian areas. But I'm attracted to that type. Japanese, you know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of that look I like is is prevalent in Japan, um, but you know, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm into Japanese women. But as far as as far as the look goes, it's a particular type of Asian woman. As far as as far as culture goes, uh, now there are um, big differences between American culture and Japanese culture. I will take Japanese culture hands down all day. 90% of the time, the 10% they're really lacking on that, that, you know, when it comes to women, it's just the spontaneity, just getting outside the box, just kind of wilding out, and just letting go. They have a really hard time doing that. And, um, you know, when you do find someone who is that way, um, it kind of, it's, it's the whole package. Uh, uh, how about you? How about me? What? Are you into what, what, what type of women are you in? Uh, American, Japanese? What's your preference? My preference is is Japanese women. I can say it um, unequivocally. I I know. I mean, you're just gonna nail down a whole country like that. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I what am. About, what about South Korea? What about what about you know China? What you know? Um, we're gonna have to get into that deeper in, in the next episode but um no man i you know i know my preference i know that it's japanese women pretty much okay those okay. are the you know uh, of the asians japanese are japanese are my favorite japanese women if i if i had a preference if there's room and, and there's a you know a girl from thailand a girl from china a girl from korea a girl from uh singapore a girl from you know where indonesia you know malaysia i know that i'm going to be interested and attracted to the japanese girl more so than than the others on very many levels um almost every level um you know um physically mentally um personality wise uh, you know, yes, I, I, I mean, you, you know. do realize though. Sometimes you can't tell them apart though. If you just took a, well, that's a, 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 a sample of Asian women. That's almost China, South Korea, whatever. 
that's almost my point. I, you know, I can usually I can pick out the Japanese girl just from the vibe. It isn't particularly physical. There's a vibe, and um, you know, I, I, I think I vibe with them, and we're gonna have to get into why I vibe with them in our next episode of Nothing Specific. I'm talking with Japan Pimp. We're talking about Japan, and uh, hey man, Japan Pimp, Matane. Matane. Yep.